welcome to 86 of the Massive Attack Podcast. It's a new year. We're going forward, but we're looking back. That's right. I'm Mitch. Your host with me is Joe. They were gone on Morning Zoo. We have, haven't we, Mitch? Don't worry. I've stopped now. It's okay. All right. Yes. Right yes. on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With Johnny Buffon and the dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Bubble Wrap. Yes. So, uh, yes, it is back to the non-A to Z episodes of the Massive Attack Podcast. Not that we, there was anything wrong with those. No. But we just ran out of alphabet. Maybe this year we could do numbers. Okay. So, <laughs> today's episode is all about that song One by John Farnham. No, it's, it's the not. loneliest number. It is. It is John Farnham, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't not do it originally. Not the U2 one. No. Fuck that song. Although Johnny Cash does a really good version of that on yeah. one of his American right. recordings. The song's good. Fuck the U2 band. Mm. And the bomb or the missile or the bomber, whatever the U2 was. Wasn't it a bomber? Could be. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. War. Hey, what is it good for? Exactly. Nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Say it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe we should go back to the format. <laughs> Maybe we should go back to the A to Z format. Anyway. But okay. no. So, no, no, no. We're looking back. Since we didn't really have a chance to do this before the end of the year, because we did A to Z and then we went straight into our 12 Days of Christmas comedies. Which I loved. It was good. I'm I've still had some, watching Are oh, You Being Served. I've had some very positive feedback saying we had a, a, a good selection. Excellent. And it wasn't listen, from Joel. Wasn't it? He was quite angry until we played I think it was five days in and it's like, why are you watching such crap shows? But anyway, we got there apparently. Well, it was Corner Gas that I had feedback for. Mm. Listener to the show, Simon, said that he might try Corner Gas because he's never seen it before. Okay. Based on our recommendation. Excellent. It's worth so, it. Yes. It's mm. good. It is. All right. So anyway. You survived Christmas. I did. And you did too. I did. What did you get? I got Tekken 7 for Xbox. Yep. I got a new blender. Ooh. A stick blender that also has oh, attachments. I was thinking margarita time. but no. Well, it, it does have like a cup blender and a whisk and stuff, but it's one of those stick blenders so you can you know, blend your soup by sticking it in the pot. I'm thinking margaritas. You're thinking soup. What else did I get? I got... Some kitchen gadgets. A lot of beer. People obviously know me now. Well, uh, if they follow you on Twitter. Yes. That's all you tweet. Hmm. But I got lots of beer mm-hmm. and yeah, just a few other things. Yeah. Householdy things mainly. Clothes. You old cunt. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You still got what? yourself toys, obviously. I did. I'm sitting next to, and when I say next to, I mean literally it's big enough as a chair, a Black Series TIE Fighter from The Force Awakens. Because mm. what happened was they exist and they were for sale two years ago when The Force Awakens happens and they're pretty fucking big and they were pretty fucking expensive at about $400 at Maya. Mm. Now, The Force Awakens, as we talked about, was two years ago. Now, there's been two Star Wars movies since then. So, I guess with all the, you know, no foreshadowing here at all with The Last Jedi, but there's a new Star Wars movie out at the moment. So, I guess they need primo shelf space to sell all their new toys. So, these big fuck-off boxes of toys that didn't sell two years ago were going out at $100 instead of $400. That is a huge box, though, just looking at it now. Yes. If you were a child and you got that as a Christmas present under your tree, you'd be super excited by a box that big. Yeah. Hmm. Well, my son did get something almost as big. Yes. The ultimate Batbot, which is this Batman robot. That's almost as tall as he is. Almost. Hmm. He liked it. Like, he got that on the Boxing Day because we sort of had an extended over a couple of day period birthday slash Christmas sort of extended thing. So we only took, we went down to a family beach house and we could only take some of the presents with us because we had to fit bedding and everything else in the car. So the big fuck off box that the Batbot came in didn't go down. So he got a four inch wouldn't it be four inch Voltron toy mm. about three and a half inch Voltron toy which was the best present ever for he, a day he probably knows as much about Voltron as we did when we did that episode pretty much mm. yeah so that, that was the best present for a day until 
he kept getting other presents and then they got shunted back. And, you know, it takes pride and place in the lounge because we have nowhere else for it because it's so bloody big. Yeah, so this has been relegated. My TIE fight has been relegated to the bungalow because there is no space inside for it. What else did I get? I got a couple of books, some shirts, like an adult. Yep. That I can really remember at the time. Mm. I got other great stuff from wonderful people. But yes, that's, we'll just leave it at that. But it was, it was a good Christmas period. It seems to have gone very quickly. I'm back at work and... A couple of days, and I was like, hang on, I, I, in my head, it's like, I'm off till the 8th. This is going to be so much time. No, no, mm. no. That's what happens. Yeah, I had the week between Christmas and New Year's off, and I had all these plans of things I was going to do, and instead I just sat on the couch and played a bit of Tekken and watched some telly. Did so. you plan on getting older? Yes. You did? I did. You did and I did older? get older. Yeah, okay, yep. yeah, cool, cool. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Mm. Yes. Good times? Yeah. Yeah. What about New Year's? Yes. For yeah. the first time in about 15 years, I actually went out on New Year's and oh, had wow. a really good time. Oh, so BBW night? Sorry. No. Crossover <laughs> with a... <laughs> Wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, we went to a 80s cover band at a little local pub, Kramer's in Preston. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that I was a little bit uninspired by it when I was thinking of it, when we beforehand. got there... Beforehand. Beforehand, okay, yes. Yeah. When I got there, I realised they had $5 schooners, so I was happy. So that sounds expensive to me. It's like listening to Pulp Fiction now when they go, oh, it's a $5 milkshake. And he's talking like that's expensive. Yeah, but that's a bargain now. Yeah, pretty much. But yes. <laughs> Normally when you go to a pub or somewhere like that, you would spend probably $10 on a schooner. But they had $5 schooners. Now, what's this schooner shit? Uh, 425 mils. Sydney coming down? We had pots and, if you're lucky, pints. Yeah. Why have we got schooners all of a sudden? Well, schooners are a little bit bigger than a pot. Or but do we, a need a third, a do we need a third option? When well, it comes to drinks? Technically, it'd be a fourth option because there's a pony as well, isn't we it? We don't have ponies here. What do you do? We have ponies and glasses here in Estim, Victoria. Yeah, but no one orders them. Pints and pots. Yeah. When it but comes anyway. to beer, obviously you've got yes. other drinks coming. But yes, a yeah. schooner is 425 mils. And what's a pot? 285. And what's a pint? 560 or 565. So a schooner's not far off a pint. Yeah. Okay. But five bucks for a schooner. That's pretty good. And it was selected beers, but one of the beers was Furphy Ale, which is quite nice, Victorian made. Mm-hmm. Mm. But anyway, they had an 80s cover band and they had a, a DJ in between. Yep. And it was a fun night. Excellent. I predicted Jesse's Girl would go off. And it did. Uh, I thought so. Yes. Not what? by the band, by the DJ. Yeah, that's fine. The band was a weird selection, though. They kind of dressed up in characters. The, the lead singer looked a little bit like Sharon O'Neill, but I think she was probably meant to be someone else. <laughs> the guitarist was wearing a top hat and no shirt, looked like Slash. The drummer, I think, was... Adamant, and the bass player was wearing very English-looking, almost Joe Jackson sort of outfit with a black and red stripy shirt and a denim jacket. Okay. Anyone dressed up as a beekeeper from the village people? No, they didn't. Okay. So, wasn't the Napster trials. But, yeah, the song selection, they started, and they they got up and they're like, you know, we're Rewind 80s and welcome to New Year's Eve, and we're going to kick it off with Michael Jackson, and we were all thinking, yeah, this is going to be good. And then they played Pretty Young Thing. P.Y.T. Like, yeah. Mm. Like, I wouldn't have thought that was a floor no. filler for Michael Jackson. No. That's well, what you don't start with. with Michael Jackson. It's like we're going to do an unconvicted child molester to start with. You sort of slip him in later. You don't yeah. start with him. And then you play the convicted child molesters a bit later after that and play some Gary Glitter. <laughs> but anyway. You want to be in my game, my game, my game. <laughs> All right. We're, we're already rambling, so maybe we should jump into what we're going to talk about okay. this episode. Fine. So Don't even want to ask about my New Year's. Oh, yes. How was your New Year's? Oh, good. I watched Village People's You Can't Stop the Music, like I do every year. Yes. Thank you, Channel 9. 
as I say to people, I say, what are you doing? I say, I've got to stay up and I've got to watch You Can't Stop the Music. Why? Because if I don't see you in the new year with a very excitable Steve Gutenberg roller skating down New York, I just don't feel like I've started the year properly. Hmm. And it, it wasn't put on till 12.42 this year. Really? Yes. Yeah, so normally it's around you know, midnight, obviously. They should be putting it on midnight. So as the clock strikes midnight, you can see Gutenberg Gutenberg's roller skating. Exactly. So I had to stay up like I'd. We went to a friend's and, you know, and my kids are very young, so they can't stay up till midnight. So we were home. They were in bed by 10. My wife was exhausted because she worked during the day and then had the party. So she was in bed. It's like, i got to kill time until bloody Gutenberg. So I ended <laughs> up going to a friend's place and <laughs> killed time. And then we watched Gutenberg. It was all good. As you do. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then I got home at 4.30 in the morning. It was hot. I went to Park Run and then you came over and helped me put together a secondhand trampoline. So... Yes, not a euphemism. No, no. <laughs> Actual, literal, and yeah. Yes. God, two and a half hours sleep, 5K run. I rock. You do. Or I'm stupid. Mm. Both. Anyway, so. Anyway, so as I was saying. So let's look back at the year. Now, this yeah. is, if you've listened to previous years, this is where we go and say, we, we've done different formats before where we've talked about our top five movies, games, and things like that. But we're yep. just going to do our top. We're not going to yeah, give them so numbers or orders. Seeing just, as we didn't actually get to talk about the things we watched and did and played over the course of the year because we were doing the A to Z, we've decided now is probably a good chance just to go back and talk about the things we liked over the years. But we remember because that's a problem because in previous years we could go back and listen to the episodes and go oh that's right i saw that movie Hmm. and talked about it already so this year it's like oh yeah because you actually added to my list of things because it's like you saw these movies remember it's like "Mm, oh yeah i did too (laughs) all right so let's start with games we got our xboxes last christmas Yes. And we talked about it in a previous episode of the A to Z, only about a month ago. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk much about my Xbox stuff, other no. than the stuff that I have got since that last episode. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned in when I was talking about presents, I got Tekken 7, mm-hmm. and I was very excited to be getting Tekken 7 purely for the New Japan Pro Wrestling crossover. And so far, I have played probably about five or six hours, I think, wow. in about a week. And most of that I've been playing as King, who is the character that wears the Rainmaker outfit. Mm-hmm. And you can customize your characters, which is really fun for me because I love playing dress up no matter what game I'm playing. <laughs> and part of King's outfit, his normal outfit is he's wearing like wrestling trunks and has a Jaguar head kind of like Tiger Mask. But the outfit that you can get for him for the Rainmaker is the same as Okada's outfit that he wears to the ring with a big sort of flowy gold jacket, a title belt, and a different mask that's more of a wrestling mask rather than the Jaguar mask. And it changes one of his moves once you unlock all of these three pieces of the costume. So they have what they call a rage move, where if you're very close to dying in the game, so you can do like a big move to kind of finish off to try and get your opponent before they beat you. And his rage move is actually Okada's Rainmaker make a clothesline and he does the pose and the camera zooms out like it does on the wrestling in japan as well so it's kind of nice. cool yeah so i've played a, a bezard about six hours of that so far cool mainly playing just what they call treasure mode which is where you go through and if you win you unlock treasure chests che- treasure chests which you can then use to customize your games oh loot crates not a but, big deal in gaming this last quarter i suppose but you don't pay for them so no. it's it's more based on the merit of you, you winning the games and the more games you win in a row the better the crates are there is a story mode that i've dabbled a little bit in that covers the backstory of Hihachi and kazua i think it is two of the japanese characters in the game but 
I haven't really dug the storyline that much. It's more about the game. Yep. Gameplay itself, it's not that different to Tekken 6 or Tekken Tag. But, yeah, the, the addition of those extra costumes. and you know, that Xbox move, One. It is on Xbox so One. It is also so much better. It's very crisp mm-hmm. and it does flow nicely. The backgrounds are very good. There's, like, destructible backgrounds in some levels and it just looks nice. Well, to go with the fighting games, I got Injustice 2 this year. For my birthday, mm. I put it in. I did the tutorial, and that's as far as it got. <laughs> Just I don't know, gaming. I've had big periods of games, like I, I've talked about on the Xbox episode, where I got Far Cry Primal and Mad Max, where I've spent hours and hours, like thirty plus hours in each, and that was most of my gaming this year. Anything else has sort of been put it in for a bit and just don't get back to it. So, mm. so I can't really talk much about my Xbox much. The only other thing, if you want to talk gaming this year, I did play Game of Drones, the Futurama game. I talked about it last year in the last Christmas game. I finished that, okay. and I was happy. That mm. was that was around March, April, something like that. Okay. And I didn't play anything for a while. Then I got back into Bejeweled Blitz. Now, that's a dangerous game. Yes. Because it's, it's Bejeweled, where it's a match three game, but you play it for a minute. And the idea is to get the highest score possible. And it's addictive and time-wasting. It's funny because you often talk about how you don't like playing games that don't really have an end and they just don't well, have a story. Well, that does have an end. Well, it does have an end. But That's it, it an doesn't, end in a minute. It doesn't have a story and it is just the keep trying till you get better type game. Yeah, where I don't hate the temple runners and stuff mm. because the idea of that one though is to get better you play for longer. This yeah. one is to play the same amount of time and you get better. So it's a, it's a minute game. And that appeal of that, it's over. And, and I could just play two games. It's two minutes. I, that's it. That's easy. I can do that. Hmm. And that two game becomes 15 minutes. And you realize I could have done anything in that time and I have wasted it. So I got rid of that. And, and that, that was on your phone? Yeah. Hmm. And I had it on my phone ages ago. I was like, why aren't I playing this? I played Puzzle Quest 2. So that's my sort of current jam at the moment. And that's a good game bad. because you can play it for a long period of time or you can just play Playing it for what? one level. I'm mm-hmm. at a point now where games seem to take a couple of minutes. Like the things, the creatures I'm fighting are that little bit stronger. So my health's around the 380 or something. So it takes a while to wear down the health of the your opposition. So it's, it's not a quick, it can be a, quite a long game. Like I'll go to bed sometimes and I'm falling asleep sleep because oh come on just, just finish this because <laughs> it can take 10 15 minutes depending on what you're fighting and if they're resistant to your attacks but yeah so really as far as games go go back to the xbox episode where i talked about my current gaming for the year but yeah i suppose puzzle quest 2 it's always phone game yep. it is the one that's the time sink and it's purely for the fact that you do have your phone with you all the time Whereas you it may not. a shit. <laughs> exactly. And if you're anything like me, I sit there watching TV at night and I'll be playing Supercar while I'm watching TV or, or you know, any time where I've got... Supercar. So then on our wrestling computer yes. game talk, if you want to hear about that. Career crossover. Yeah. Well, another game I have been playing on the Xbox just over the last couple of days as well is because I picked it up in the end of year countdown sale is a little co-op game called Overcooked. But that is kind of similar to Diner Dash and those sort of... Burger time on the Atari 2600? Yeah, kind of. So you and up to three other people can play. And my wife and I have been playing a bit of co-op. And surprisingly, we haven't yelled at each other very much. So it's good. When I say very much, we we have had a couple of little (laughs) spats when we first started. But the setup is it gives you an order of what you need to make. 
then you have to run around a kitchen as your little character, chop up bits of the lettuce and tomato to make a salad or chop up meat and then fry it to make a burger. And then you have to serve it within the time frame and then they keep giving you different orders. But the whole appeal of the game is the fact that all of the kitchens are differently designed. So you start off just in a basic kitchen making basic soups that are just you know three of the same vegetable boiled in a pot, put in a plate and serve it. But then it progresses to the fact that you're in a kitchen on a ship and the waves are making the ship move. And as the ship moves, the, the bench space moves. So one stage you'll be about to go and pick up your pot before it burns and then the ship will move and you have to run all the way around the outside to get to it. So your pot burns and you waste your soup. And it's just cleverly designed, but very, very simple. And I think I picked that up for about eight bucks in the sales. And we've, we've got a probably you know, a couple of hours worth out of that already. Cool. So yes. But another game that I have played an awful lot of this year, and I didn't realise exactly how much I had played until I was looking at my Steam log the other day, and I have actually played 91 <laughs> hours. At a steaming log. Yeah, I was looking at a steaming <laughs> log. But yes, I have played 91 hours of Fire Pro World. Now this is a wrestling game. Yes, it is. Yeah, you and again, played 91 hours. Is that playing wrestling no, or 91 no, hours creating characters? It's probably 70 hours of creating characters <laughs> and 20 hours of playing. I don't know. But I got it when it was in their early release in July. Mm. And again, you can probably go back to the Wrestling Video Games episode, which was W, and just listen to a bit about what I think about Fire Pro. But I, I love Fire Pro series. And it is now actually gone live. The, the final release has been released, version one. And they're also releasing DLC for it coming up in January now as well. And I think it might actually be on sale for the next week or two for about 13 bucks US. So if you do want to get it, jump on board now while it's still on sale because it is definitely worth it. Do yourself a favor. So yeah, I, I won't go too much in depth because I raved about it in that mm. other episode. But one yes. game I did did do I sort of completed the Telltale games, which uh, you've talked about in the past. You did the you didn't do Walking Dead, did you? I played a little bit of Walking and Dead, but Fables. couldn't get into it. But I've played The Wolf Among Us, yes, and I've played the first level of the Game of Thrones one. Okay, yep. but I, I didn't like the Game of Thrones ones because it was a whole new made-up family, not part of the okay. actual series. Yeah, well, they also did one on Batman. Now, these are the equivalent of a point-and-click adventure for the Xbox. Well, I think PlayStation have them as well. It's really cool. Like It's a, it's, it's like an interactive Batman story, I suppose, which they, they've also done one on Back to the Future. And I've, I've done the first chapter of The Walking Dead on my iPad, and I think I did the first chapter of Back to the Future on my iPad, but this is on the Xbox, and it looks cool. It's cool. Batman's cool in it. Okay. But you've got that you know dialogue tree where you yep. can be angry, you can be friendly, and those hmm. sort of things or just do nothing. You can literally do nothing and it, it just kind of plays you. out. Like you, okay. if you ignore, it's sort of like you just give them the silent treatment and it gives you little triggers up the sub saying, oh, this character will remember this. You know, yeah, if, you, if you're nice to them that, yeah. or if you're not. And I mean, there are action bits where you've got to push the right button or the right trigger at the right time or push to the left, push to the right to avoid things. But it's just cool. Like it's Batman hmm. and the story was compelling enough that I finished the first one and then luckily I was just about to buy it anyway and the next week it went on sale. <laughs> so I got it for cheap and I downloaded it all and that's where I haven't touched it since pretty much because mm. it's one of those things where you sort of want to finish a chapter in a go and it's probably over an hour a chapter I think and you sort of I go to it going oh have I got an hour to play something because I don't really play until everyone goes to bed and say, like, oh yeah I'll do something now and it's like am I going to be awake can I be bothered so yeah it's I'll get to it maybe mm. maybe but that's it for me for gaming for 2017 mm. well not quite a game but an app that I have on my phone that I've been using a fair bit this year Pornhub. No, they don't have an app. That's just a website. Do they? No, they don't. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? No, but I've, late last year, I started on an app called Untapped. 
Oh, yes, yes. So I've had this on my phone now for this year, mm-hmm. and this is probably, as much as I hate to admit it, become my most used app <laughs> over the year. And Untapped is a beer tracking device mm-hmm. where you get to keep track of beers that you drink. An alcoholic enabler? Yeah, you could call it that. <laughs> but yeah, basically I got it for the idea that I was trying some new beers and I wanted to keep track of the beers I liked and the beers I didn't like. So when I went to Dan Murphy's and bought beer, I could know which ones I've tried and which so ones. So you rate the beers? Yeah, so you get to rate your beer mm. and you get to leave little comments about what you think about the beer and, and stuff. But so you're over about hoppy undertones and things like that uh, you do oh, what a wank. and how malty it is and, oh. what, and what hops they use and you know all that sort of stuff God but over the course of the year i've been using this app and i think i've tried about 180 unique beers which probably sounds like a lot when you say it like that but that's you know not, that's not very even, good beer not even one a day but anyway <laughs> but it lets you keep track of your beers not, not even one a day not even one not a day. even trying no yeah. some days i drank more than one and i didn't you know I've doubled up. Yeah, exactly. But you don't double up. You don't have to rate every beer you drink. You only drink the ones that you try for the first time. But over the course of that, it has meant that I have now a bit more of an appreciation for craft beer. So my beard is getting longer. And <laughs> you are wearing a check shirt. <laughs> and I am wearing a check shirt, yes. But anyway. But yes, not gaming, but it is an app that I recommend for anyone that is a beer drinker that probably wants to keep a bit of an idea of what you're drinking. And I wouldn't say challenge yourself to try new things, but it has encouraged me to seek out different types of but beer that I wouldn't rewards, normally drink. you get rewards, don't you? Well, you get badges. Yeah, it's a reward. So it's kind of like getting achievement mm. on Xbox. Yeah. So I get achievements for drinking different styles of beer. You get achievements for drinking different countries' beers. So it's rewarding you. Yeah, it's but rewarding me for my alcohol use. Alcohol. <laughs> what is it? What's the, When you've got an addiction, what is the part of the brain or dopamine? Yeah, that's right. So the reward system has kicked in as well as the alcohol yes. addiction. Nice. Hmm. And that it's, can't it's, go wrong. And it's all linked into Twitter. So every time I get in a, one of these badges unlocked, it posts on my Twitter page. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway. Cool. And it is something I can do while I'm watching television having a beer. So that's a great segue for us to jump into television. Uh, yeah. You watch some TV? I have. You I've watched too. a little bit of TV. Oh. And you've watched a little bit of a TV. Yeah. All right. Let's start uh, Mindhunter. Uh, Netflix is probably a good place for me to start. You don't have it. No. Nope. I do. You've got Foxtel. So we've got some differing things we we do watch. Hmm. Mindhunter is a Netflix original program about the FBI and the start of their deviant slash serial killer. They never really looked at it as a psychological thing before. So it was sort of the, the start of that. It was this based on the true story of the two guys who sort of started triggering it, figure, trying to figure it out. And they're interviewing incarcerated serial killers like Ed Kemper and real actual people and just trying to get interviews and dealing with other psychologists and trying to figure out what is it, what can we do, how do we trigger, how do we see them, those sort of things. So the characters in it, are they, obviously the serial killers are based on the real serial yeah, they're, they're killers. Like, and, they, and they use their Jerry, names. Jerry Briscoe or whatever his name is, yep. the shoe killer and um, okay. Ed Kemper, yep. they're real. The two FBI agents aren't the same name, but they're based on two real people. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been very keen to check this out, actually. I've heard a lot so, of I mean, things about it. We've talked about true crime in the past, that we love the true crime podcasts and stuff, and this is great because it's people we've listened about, mm. and it's, it's it's fascinating for me only because I'm into the serial killer thing. So you sort of know about them going, oh, yeah, I know this guy, and I know that guy. Because at the start of each episode, you sort of get a little bit of this dude who's sort of like preparing for something, mm. and that's all you see of this, like the, just in the cold open. And I think it's BTK, but... I'm not. That's what I'm thinking. It's building up to something 
at the end. But yeah, mm. it's good. I'm not quite finished it yet. We're only up episode eight, I think. But it's okay. totally finished. And it's got a season two. Mm. Been that's approved. good. Yep. So that's one for me. What about you? Well, something that I have been watching on a Netflix show that I have been watching through other means was a show called The Toys That Made Us. Uh-huh. Now, me being a child of the 80s, or a child in the 80s, technically, I was born in the 70s, but in the early in 80s. Hmm? In Wales. Yes, in England. <laughs> thank you very much. But when I was in my peak toy buying age was the mid-80s, and The Toys That Made Us is a four-part series at this stage that's on Netflix, and they revolve an episode each on Star Wars figures, Barbies, He-Man, and G.I. Joe. Uh-huh. So, obviously, the Barbie one has been my favourite so far. Of course. But no, the the Star Wars one is where it starts and they talk about how Kenner grew from this little toy company that didn't really have much to being the only company when George Lucas was shopping around for toys for Star Wars to actually make the deal and and decide that they would take the risk and do it on an unnamed feature of Star Wars Mm -hmm. and how it became a billion dollar industry. And then talking as well about how the Star Wars figures kind of diluted as they got too many and the poor quality ones as they went along. Mm-hmm. But it's quite interesting. I, I really dug the Star Wars one and it made you know, nostalgia of seeing all the figures I used to have when I was a kid. The Barbie one was quite good as well because it was quite political talking about the formation of Barbie and there's a bit of argy-bargy going on between the person that first marketed Barbie and the first person that designed the Barbie dolls and who actually they takes credit. They talk about him. They do. They talk about his cock ring that he had around his neck. No, they didn't mention that at all. <sighs> Apparently, okay. yes, because he was in the 70s version. He had this like necklace with this big ring on it, and it was a cock ring, apparently. Okay. And anyway. Well, the original Barbie was actually based on a German comic strip about a prostitute. Ah. So when they brought her over to America, they uh, cleaned her up a little bit and gave her a different backstory. But yeah, that was that was quite a good episode. But by far, for me, the favorite episode is the He-Man Master of the Universe episode because they talk a lot about the... Fucking Orko. No, actually, there was only a little mention of Orko. That's right, I'll watch it then. But they talk about how they were competing with Star Wars and Star Wars had, obviously, the movie to entice kids into it. But didn't actually win. Wasn't oh, as big did. as far as sales of toys go? I think one year they huge. were saying they had 30 billion or something or 30 million worth of sales. But then it dropped off quite as quickly as it as it came. Oh, that's the TV show's gone. Yeah, but it was interesting because they talked about how they had a couple of years where they were really big and then the TV show came out and they were just massive after that and then it kind of dropped off. Well, kids get older. They, they find do. something new. And then they do talk about how all the kids that were buying that when they were kids are now playing with the masters, what do they call them, the collectors? Maddie collectors. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Whatever they are now, yep. But yeah, that was really interesting. Okay, well, I've got another one. I've been watching all the CWDC TV shows. So we're talking Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. And they're fine. Like, they're fine. Some are better than others. Some have periods where it's a bit shit, and then they come back and do a really good episode. But what they did do this year, and what I want to talk about, is they did a crossover. Crisis on Earth 2, I think they called it. And it was a crossover in four episodes over two days. They showed, could almost call it a movie where they all had their moments and they all crossed over in it and there was some really kick-ass TV action set pieces in there. I was like, this is pretty damn good. Hmm. Pretty damn good. So, yeah, that was cool. Okay. I, I, I have watched a little bit of Supergirl, but because I don't have Netflix, even though it is on Foxtel, I haven't kept up with it. I don't really know why. I think it was just a time issue. It's Yeah, I'm, I'm invested, but yeah, it's hard to get into unless you really care. I mean, it's not aimed for me. Like, there's a hot girl in there, so the over 40 men have something to look at, but really it's sort mm. of aimed for a younger demographic, mm. I'd say. Would you say it was empowering to women? Yeah. 
Well, that kind of leads me into something else that I've been watching this year, and that is The Handmaid's Tale, which is based on a... Margaret Atwood novel? Yeah, I was going to say science fiction, but it's not really science fiction. Well, she would never say that to her. No, she wouldn't say that either. No. But, yeah, it's based on a novel that was written in the 80s, and originally there was a feature film of it that apparently isn't very good, Mm -hmm. but there is a, I think it's a 10-part series. Mm Mm-hmm. Starring Elizabeth Moss, who was previously in Mad Men, and Ralph Fiennes. And it is basically the story of the world kind of going crazy and women not being allowed to do anything mm. and the men ruling the world. And it's quite eerie. What a weird world you talk about. Well, yes. I it's can't even comprehend a world like that. When you look at it, it's something that you look at and think, well, this could be you know, five years from now. We could be heading in this direction. Mm. But it is very confronting. After the first episode, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to keep going with it. It is incredibly well made. It was done for Hulu in the States, Mm -hmm. and it was on SBS On Demand here. But it's filmed like a feature film. It's very, very well made. But yeah, as I said, it's confronting and it's a really hard subject matter, but it is really well put together, well filmed, well acted. I can't really go too much into it because it would be too spoilery. Okay. But yeah, stick with it because it is very good. Okay. Sticking with the comic book themes, I also watched on Netflix the Iron Fist and Defenders TV shows. Now, Iron Fist was the next part where there was Daredevil. Then there was Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Then there was Iron Fist, and they all came together in the Defenders. And fuck, they were boring. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Just not for me, unfortunately. I mean, I'm still still going to watch them, but it's a hard slog. They was way too long, and Iron Fist was shit. It was the most panned of the lot of them, because... When you hear the stories behind the production, the guy they got to be Iron Fist was mopey, boring. You don't want to follow him. He was a t- he's meant to be the best martial artist in the world. He was ordinary. Not his fault. He was cast in the role. You know, it's not bad. Apparently, they were like rehearsing the scenes the day before they filmed. You know, it's sort of like you got no hope hmm. putting something together if you're rushing that together. Like Daredevil was so good, and the action scenes were so good, and fight scenes were well choreographed. Yet this. It was really badly done, and everything seemed long. All the other series just felt that little bit too long at twelve episodes, and it's like just take four out. You don't. They seem to pander towards the end. They just seem to drag out a little bit. And the defenders, where they all come together as one, it was going to be an eight episode series. I'm thinking, fantastic. That's exactly what they need to be. And even that felt long and drawn down. So I was like, oh God's sake. And they've done a Punisher series since, which I haven't even watched yet. Hmm. I heard it's okay, but I just yeah, it just I- it burnt me. I've heard it's okay as well. Yeah. I haven't heard that it's great. Yeah, so I'm just like, oh, you, you started so strong. But there's another Jessica Jones coming next year, so I'm looking forward mm. to that one. Well, this year, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we're already in 2018. Yeah, so that that's the next one on my list. Hmm. Well, then another series that I've been watching, or I watched earlier in the year on Foxtel, is Big Little Lies. Is that the... It's Reese Witherspoon, yes, Nicole one. Kidman, yeah. one of the Skarsgårds. Hmm. But... It kind of plays out backwards. It starts off with a a crime scene and you find out that someone has died and then you kind of flash back and then it moves forward from there to work out who's died and who's done it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just a a short series. I think it was only probably six or eight episodes. Nice. And yeah, it was really well filmed. You start off and there are all these rich socialite type women that are living in this beachside Monterey in California or something like that. Mm -hmm. And just how it all intertwines. And then there's a, a new woman that comes into town and all their kids kind of go to school together. And her boy causes a little bit of trouble at school and she's kind of like the outcast mm. because she's not quite as rich as the other mums. Yep. And it just plays out from there. And again, it, it's really well done. It's good to see 
women being in the major starring roles and having a decent storyline to go with. So yeah, I highly recommend that. And I think there's going to be a second season I of that heard this year as well. Be a second one, yes. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same cast because they kind of did wrap it all up in that first season. Oh, okay. So maybe it is going to be a different mm. story, but yeah, I don't know. Oh. But I would definitely recommend that. All right. Next on my list is The Good Place, which I only just caught up to date with last night. Yeah, The Good Place is a Netflix original comedy series, so it's only like a half hour long, which is great. And it's fucking funny and existential. It is Kristen Bell and Ted Dance. And Kristen Bell, Veronica Mars, for those who don't know, and the voice of Anna in Frozen. Yep. She wakes up and she's dead, and she's now in The Good Place. And Ted Danson is the architect of The Good Place. And the thing is, it's meant to be like a heaven, but it's a good place. And she was a good person back on Earth, and she gets everything she wants at this poky little house covered in clown paintings because that's what she loved and this and that. <laughs> Turns out it's the wrong Eleanor. Uh-huh. She was actually a real cunt. And she was meant to go to the bad place? Yes. Oh. But she didn't. She's not telling anyone. She's not meant to be there. <laughs> and you get set up with your soulmate and all that sort of stuff. And she gets set up with this guy called Chibi, who is a philosopher. And she confides in him early that I'm not meant to be here. And weird things happen because there's a problem when they figure it out that someone's not meant to be here. They've got the wrong person. That glitches happen. So it was raining prawns. And giraffes are running through the town and all these sort of weird things. So there's really nice use of special effects going on, you know. But Ted Danson is phenomenal in this. Now, I like Ted Danson in things. I've seen him in a lot of things. He's pretty good. Don't, not a huge fan of Cheers, but he was okay in that. Oh, I watch Becca. For some reason, I watch it, but it gets me angry at other times. But he's... He's awesome in this. Absolutely awesome. Where's a bow tie? He looks good. <laughs> and the characterization of him is amazing. And I can't even talk about what happens towards the end because it's a major spoiler. I'm not even going to say anything. But it's just good and clever. Like ridiculously clever. Because it's all about ethics. Every okay. episode is talking sort of in somehow about what it is to be good and bad and stuff. Because she's trying to stay in the good place by, having, by being good. So she's this philosophy guy. Who talks about ethics is trying to bring her up to date and make her nice. So you get these comical flashbacks to her, a bit like My Name is Earl, which she did back in the past. And she was not a nice person at all. Um, but it's her gradually learning to be better. Or is she? You know, okay. This is all that sort of stuff. But, oh, it is so funny and okay. so, 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 so clever. And the thing is, this never had a Stranger Things buzz to it that had last year. Like mm. Stranger Things came out and everyone talked about it yep. and you knew what it was. Where I did see references to this on my Facebook feed and stuff saying, oh, that last episode of season one of The Good Place, oh, my God, it blew me away. And people were talking about The Good Place beforehand and I had no idea what The Good Place was. They were just saying, with The Good Place and this and that, I thought they were talking about a book. Or mm. this. So with Stranger Things, I sort of knew what that was. People were talking about it and it was, oh, it's a show on Netflix where the ref- early references to The Good Place was nothing. But now, you know, now it's sort of like, oh, and it is getting the buzz that Stranger Things got and deserves it, but it's not as broad as Stranger mm. Things sort of did. There could have been a little bit of confusion out there as well because there was The Good Fight this year that was the spin-off from The Good Wife. And there was maybe. also the good doctor, which was the doctor that was a bit like House, the kid maybe. with autism. Yes. So maybe, hmm. maybe, but yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I, I suggest watch this show. This okay. is this is phenomenal. Well, I'm going to lump my next ones together because I've watched two Ryan Murphy shows this year that I've really much enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The first one was season seven of American Horror Story. Yep. 
which revolved around America kind of going to hell after Trump got elected. Oh, wow. That was quick. Yeah, they, it didn't take them very long to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it revolves around Evan Peters, who you might know as Quicksilver from the X-Men reboots. Mm-hmm. And he plays almost a cult leader, sort of weird sort of guy that decides he's going to run for local council. And his sister is played by Billy Lord, who is Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yep. And again, being Ryan Murphy and American Horror Story, all of the regulars from other series seasons of American Horror Story he come back. He Queens, didn't he? Right. He did, Because yes. Billy and, Lord and Glee. that. Hmm. Okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, as usual, he brings all of his regulars back. Sarah Paulson is back again. It's his milkshake. Brings is it? all the boys in the yard. Is it? I don't, I don't know. But she was the main character in a couple of the other okay. previous American Horror Stories. But she's the anti-Trump, and Evan Peters plays the pro-Trump type person. And, yeah, it's very gory in a few episodes. Okay. But clever in the way it's done. Oh, this was a series where it had holes. It did, yeah. Oh, the One of the tryptophobia. Tryptophobia. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sarah Paulson is a recovering phobia type person. She's afraid of clowns. She's afraid of holes. Yep. She's afraid of lots of things. And she's getting help. And then suddenly when Trump gets elected, all of her phobias come back really, really badly. And okay. it's like that's the trigger for her. That The fact that Trump's got in is what's caused her to, to have so the problems. So is it a Trump-like figure? or they met- Well, it is kind of the fact that it is Trump-like. He is... Evan Peters is playing the role of someone who's like, well, Trump says he's going to make America great and I'm going to make our local so council talk, great. So he talks about Trump? Yeah. So oh, they, mention, Trump. they mention him by okay, name. Okay, okay, yep. there's, there's no pulling punches. All right, fair enough. And there's a, a lot of arguments between Sarah Paulson and, and her wife because they're a lesbian couple and they didn't vote for Hillary because she just didn't believe in Hillary. No, and it's based on actual so, politics. Yeah, it is yeah, based okay, on real politics. It's very good. But Ryan Murphy also did another season earlier in the year and that was Feud. And this is going to be another anthology series the first season of Feud was based around old Hollywood actors Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Making Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Yeah. And mm. I hadn't seen Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and I watched the first episode of Feud and I was a little bit confused. So I then went back and watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and then I watched the rest of Feud and I'm really glad I did because it is incredibly well acted. It's Jessica Lang and... Susan Sarandon playing the the two characters. Yep. And just just the way they bounce off each other, the fact that they kind of hate each other, then they like each other, and then they hate each other again. And just what way they went through in the filming of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and then ongoing for them to try and have another starring role. And obviously by that stage, John, Joan Crawford was sort of on the way out and Betty Davis sort of had a couple of big hits and then she was sort of not really getting the sort of roles that she was previous to that. But yep. it, again, it's very cleverly done. It's got Stanley Tucci playing one of the heads of Warner Brothers. The Tucci. And Alfred Molina's in it as well. Very well cast, very well acted. As far as period pieces goes, it's very spot on for that time frame in Hollywood. Yep. And if you like that sort of old Hollywood feel, I would definitely recommend that as well. Mm, sounds good. Mm. All right, my next one, my last for the TV without crossing over with you, was the tour de force. That was Twin Peaks, The Return. Mm. Wow. Just, just wow. I know, and that's why I, I, I didn't put it on my list originally. I forgot, and you reminded me because I don't know where to put it under TV, under a movie, because it's no 18 part, 18 part. So it's very long. And it's sort of just one big stream of consciousness. It doesn't feel like the original series. A lot of people were wanting it to be the original series, just the more continued adventures and stuff, and it wasn't. So many people were angry. I just let it happen. And this is all thank God for the fact that I did a David Lynch podcast for Shooting the Pooh a couple of years back because I learnt just to let it happen. You can't make sense of David Lynch. 
you just sort of have to accept it. And he's not going to tell you, you're never going to know what he meant. It's never going to come out. So you can't look for meaning. You can only <laughs> listen to other people's interpretation of it. So as a all-round experience for me, this was great because there's a podcast I listen to called iFanboy and one of the hosts on that is a massive Twin Peaks fan. So he started off a podcast called Damn Fine Coffee, which is it was, you know, big fan of Twin Peaks back in the day. So what they did was they did a rewatch of Twin Peaks so every episode was a recap of the of the episode because it's only two seasons or technically three if you want to break it up in certain ways. Yeah. So it wasn't that long. But they were sort of building towards talking about the mythos, all this sort of stuff. And they did one per episode. They finished it just as the new season was about to start. And then they did a episode pretty much the day of. They recorded within an hour of watching that for the ep- the new episode dropping. Okay. And it was fascinating. Like, it was just because this series was all over the shop and it's not what you expected. And it's never going to be what you wanted. But I loved it. I loved it. It was hard sometimes. It was really painful to watch sometimes because you didn't know what was going on in certain bits, but other bits were just absolutely beautiful. And I loved every minute of it. Okay. I mean, there's one episode where it was a sort of a flashback episode, but like the weirdness is that as David Lynch, they were in an, the other place where there's this giant kettle steaming and there's talking to the giant and there's backward purse talk, you know. Very um, David Lynch. Yeah, it was, it was the strangest, but some of it looked kind of shit, like the way it was filmed. And then the other bits are just absolutely gorgeous. And it's like, I'm sure that's on purpose. Like, there's, he does everything for a reason, whether that reason actually makes sense or it's good or it's bad, but it's definitely done for a reason. And it was actually released episodically as well, wasn't yes. it? It wasn't like in Once a one week. Big and chunk. Oh, thank God. Because you would binge looking for answers and you would just get angry. Yeah. But there's one where you sort of get the birth of the, the evil that is Bob in a way, sort of. I don't know. <laughs> but it's the nuclear testing in. Texas, wherever it is, New Mexico, and it's like a drone shot flying in black and white that takes seven minutes. The bomb goes off in the distance and you're zooming in and you're getting closer and closer to the mushroom cloud. And inside the mushroom cloud, there is a birth of some sort of embryo. And it's gorgeous, like ridiculously gorgeous. Like some other special effects look like really bad 1980s special effects. And then they do something like this, which is absolutely beautiful. And it's just like, it's all on purpose. It's all deliberate. And I loved it. Like, because I just didn't know where it was going. And there's not a lot of Twin Peaks in it. Like, literally, it didn't take that much time, was not in Twin Peaks itself. We, everyone wanted to see what Dale Cooper was doing. Dale Cooper's not in it. Well, there's three Dale Coopers, but it's not the ones we're used to. It's, mm. it's, it's awesome. But yes, you've got to be in the right mindset. It's got to be what you want. And the fact that I was listening to multiple Twin Peaks podcasts when it was happening, and I was listening to all them just to get people's concepts of what they thought it all meant and this and that, because I'm not the smartest. So I was like, oh, yeah, I want to know what you thought about it. But the damn fine podcast was the one I liked the most. Because I just seem to agree with them the most. Because if they didn't like it, they were admitted. They, they weren't just sucking up, saying, oh, David Lynch is a genius or whatever. But they took everything on board the same way I sort of did. Mm. And the fact that it's like, you just let it happen. You don't fight it because you're just going to get hurt. And that is the joy of podcasts. It's like sitting around listening to your friends talk about something. Yeah, it was an experience. Mm. It really was. I was like, this is phenomenal. So, yeah, Twin Peaks for me. Mm. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the shows that we've both watched. Okay. I'll start with one that I think I've watched a bit more than you have, and that's The Orville. Yep. I know we watched the first couple of episodes together, and The Orville is Seth MacFarlane's… Star Trek. Yeah. I was going to say his tribute to Star Trek, but no, it really is just Star Trek. There's some episodes as the series goes on that you just sit there and think, yep, this could be a next-gen episode, and they've just changed the names of the characters. Mm -hmm. But I've seen the trailers for this prior to it coming out, and I looked at that first episode and that first 
initial lot of trailers and I thought to myself, well, I don't think this will be for me. Mm. It, it felt like a poor man's galaxy quest. Yep. But once you get past the humour that's in that first episode, it does really evolve into, instead of being a comedy that's set in space, to being a sci-fi show that's got touches of comedy in. Yep. And there is episodes as the series goes on, and as I said, they, they could easily be next-gen episodes. Mm. They are just so well-written, clever concepts, really good characters, and just the occasional Seth MacFarlane type joke thrown in. Yep. And yeah, I really, really dug that. I, I would have watched more. The thing is, with the, I don't know if it's the Australian government, but there, there's been a clamp on certain things with the internet around here. Yes. And things are harder to do than they used to be. Hmm. Let's just say. Yes. So it's not as easy as it was 12 months ago to just watch certain things. No. Like, because with the Xbox, we talked about that there was apps that just made magical things happen. Those apps don't work like they used to. No. So to make shows like that appear on my box magically is a lot more work than it used to be, so it just doesn't happen like it mm. should. So whereas, it was a show yeah. I wanted to, but it's like, uh, too hard. Yeah, whereas a show that you can watch just directly through Netflix or Foxtel... Is easier. Is much easier. Yeah, so that's why I didn't watch any more than that, mm. because I've heard it got better. It like did, it was yeah. fine, mm. but it got really yeah, good. Yeah, got so, really good. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of Foxtel, probably Foxtel's highest rating show for the year would probably Chit-chat be... Chit-chatting that chick talking about movies. No, probably Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, and. Game of Thrones really is the whole reason why Australian piracy Piracy. thing cracked down because there was just too many pirates trying to get torrents of Game of Thrones rather than paying their subscriptions for Foxtel. Well, if Foxtel weren't assholes about it for the first few seasons, they may not have had... Because that's the thing. I was cutting the cord. I was paying for things. I got Netflix now. I was actually paying for content. And the more they're now trying to screw us again, and America's going through a similar sort of thing, I think, where people are starting to go, well, screw you. You're making it harder and harder for me. Yeah. So screw you, I'm going to pirate. And yeah. they're getting more defiant and blatant about it because everyone's trying to screw everyone for that last dollar to watch their content. Hmm. Well, Star Trek, we didn't. We there is a new Star Trek show that we watched the first episode of. Yeah. And that was bought out by whoever it is, Paramount or whoever, Columbia had, or someone, yeah. someone like that. Their own streaming service, and this yeah. was the linchpin show to draw everyone to it. Yeah. Whereas so, we were lucky here in Australia that it was on Australian Netflix. Yeah. So you literally, you know, it's it's it, everyone's trying their own service like Disney just bought a chunk of Fox and part of that purchase was 60% of Hulu yep. and they were also starting their own Disney subscription network or something yeah because they were going to pull all the Disney owned things out of Netflix Netflix so it's just competing streaming services now yeah. it's, it's it's ridiculous like Disney if they do it they, they can have a Star Wars TV show which they're talking about so cable was the killing everyone like over there it's called cable or whatever we, we have Foxtel that's pretty much the monopoly of pay TV over here yep. and that's it like you, you have Netflix and you have that. You have Stan, which is owned by Foxtel, I think. So there's not many options, but people are cutting the cord, as they call it, by getting rid of their cable. In America, it's pretty much ubiquitous. You have cable. Like you can't live on the channels. But people are cutting the cord. Like if it wasn't for sport, most pay TV services would die. ESPN yeah, it's, it's is what live sport. Would is what does it. So, yeah, so everyone's coming up with their own equivalent services. Even Foxtel rejigged their business model so you can buy it as a streaming service now. Yeah. Because, you know, people don't like being signed up for 12 months on these blah, blah, blah. The difference with Foxtel is you pay per service. So 
It does have the equivalency sort of prices of ten bucks a pop, but you want this one, that's ten bucks here. If you want these fourteen channels, you need another ten bucks, and it, it gets up to yeah, the similar the, sort of price. The problem with Foxtel is, is, is there's no a la carte. You can't sort of go, I would like Showtime, this channel, this yep. channel, MTV. You have yeah, to bundles. buy the bundles. Mm. Hmm. So yeah, so if you if you want everything on Foxtel through the streaming side of it, you're you're paying the equivalent of having the box in your room. Hmm. So anyway, anyway, but they did something good, Foxtel, for a change. They did actually show Game of Thrones here almost live compared to the States yep. as a way to combat but, the piracy. Well, they, well, they did originally, though, because Foxtel had a movie channel, correct, that you paid for. That's right. On yep. top of. Yes. That you, I, I have Foxtel, but I also want the new release movies earlier or however they do it. Yeah. So you pay a premium yeah, for that. Yeah, there was like the standard movie package and then there was the premium movie yes. package. And they hid, or not hid, but they put Game of Thrones, which is a TV show, in the movie package. Yeah, so it was on the channel Showcase, which is where all the first run mm. TV series is run. Yeah. A lot of the HBO shows. Yep. And so that's yeah, where. and that's where it was. But now they have moved that out of the movie package into the entertainment pirating package. It. Hmm. Because why? Because why should we pay for a TV show that we're already paying for a service, which is chock full of ads anyway? Exactly. Anyway, screw but you, Foxtel. That being said, though, I think you were more of a fan of this year's Game of Thrones than I was. Yep. I liked a few episodes more than others. I did find that it had the same problem, that it did drag a little bit through the early season, uh, the early episodes of the oh, series. I think the last two years haven't dragged at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're moving at quite a rate of knots. Hmm. Uh, well, they've moved to the fact that they are now ahead of the books. Yep. So they have gone off on their own and they've That's made things. now. Hmm. But there was a, a few really big reveals, I guess, in this oh. year's seasons. Yep. I don't know how spoilery we want to go in oh, this we'll series. Just, but I mean, it's Game of Thrones. People, have, it's, it's old news now. Yeah. If you like it, you know what you're talking about. If you haven't got into it yet, you're not going to. Yeah. And I think what made everyone happy is the number one good girl and the number one good guy kind of got together. So Jon Snow found out who he really belonged to and kind of got it on with Daenerys, the mother of dragons. Spoil. Well, you said <laughs> yes. I could go spoiler. I just said we don't need to. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going spoilery because <laughs> I don't know what spoilers are. <laughs> but no. So obviously it was the big payoff after seven seasons mm. that you finally found out who Jon Snow was. And they had been building to him being the pivotal character. Yeah. And it did kind of pay off, which was good. Yeah. No, it's more Game of Thrones. It was fine. It was lavish. It was expensive. It looked amazing. I'm just trying to think. It's been a while now. I'm just trying to think if there was a equivalent of the Battle of the Two Bastards. It was some pretty good battles. But there was those big, big scene fights with the dragons and the yep. ice and the White Walkers cool. and stuff. No, yeah. it's just more good stuff. And we've got to wait a long time for the next one. Hmm. But that's okay. Well, speaking of big budget things Ooh. and continuing seasons, you mentioned it before, and that's Stranger Things. We had Ooh. season two of Stranger Things. Yep. And again, I'm a little bit divided on this. I didn't think it was as strong as the first season. Well, because you had no point of reference with the first one. Yeah, the first season came out of nowhere, and there was no fanfare. There was no real, hey, this is coming, you should watch it. Yep. It was all based on word of mouth. It yep. was people had watched it. They said, it's really good. I don't want to spoil it. Here it is sort of thing. And then everyone went. What? watched it. Yeah. This one, I think there was a little There's bit too hype. much expectation. Yeah, everyone loved it. Everyone loved all the characters. We wanted to go back. And it's like, where do you go? Mm. So I think they did fine. Like, it, it didn't blow you away like the other one did because you couldn't you couldn't get that first experience again. But the one thing for me, I love the Dustin character and the fact they made him a bit stupid and did stupid things. That annoyed me because I didn't want Dustin to be like that. But that's my own personal bias. It's not the fault of the writers. But again... But he's a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. He's we'll, going to do stupid shit. We'll go a little bit spoilery for this. I do think... 
he did do a few stupid things, but then he got his payoff in that last episode. Yeah. It was kind of like they, they made it all up for him and they kind of turned him into a bit of a hero in that yeah, last uh, little bit. But all the characters are great. And the, I mean, this is Stephen King. Yeah. Though Stranger Things, they wanted to make it. They weren't allowed. So they wrote Stranger Things. And instead of just, you know, making a Stephen King adaptation, they made a tribute to everything 80s, like mostly Stephen King, but other things as well with the soundtrack. We've talked about Stranger Things last year. It, all that same stuff's there again. The budget's a little bit bigger, so the special effects are there. Paul Rice is in there. Sean Aston is phenomenal. But yeah, but it's just, it, it, it had me going. I, I there was there was one episode that you liked that I hated, and that was where they sort of go: Is this a potential spin-off? Are they just testing the water of where they can go in the future? Because people are going to want more, or they think that people are going to want more. And there's one episode where it felt like an X Men sort of show or something. Yeah, and Eleven goes off and finds one of the other kids that was in the Has facility with her. and goes to New York, and they sort of just have a thing. Mm. And you really like that episode. Yeah, I where that for episode. me, it just took me out of the show, mm. and it's like I don't want more of this. That's that's how I felt. Yeah, I I kind of my main gripe with it, I think, was the fact that they pushed the eighties too far. Yeah, well, it was such a crutch that everyone loved in the first one that they sort of oh, how can we keep doing it? And it felt like that. Yeah, and the fact that obviously they did have a bigger budget because I think they got more well-known music as well. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit as well. But just in the first few episodes, like the Halloween episodes where they're wearing the Ghostbusters yeah. costumes, I really felt that they were like, hey, this is the 80s, look, we're the 80s sort of thing. And they, they did go a bit too far. But I kind of feel that this is more set up for season three and it could have been more just recapped. I, I don't think there was any real progression in the story. It was just, it almost started where it ended. Yeah, I mean, I was just happy to go back and enjoy it for me. It's sort of like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It came out. It was fun. I didn't binge it. I think we watched it over a couple of weeks. You see, I watched it over three or four days, so I did quite binge it. Okay, yeah. And I so. think maybe that was the issue. Maybe it was over two weeks. I can't mm. remember. But it wasn't literally two, three days we finished this mm. whole thing. Well, I, I did like the new characters. As you said, Paul Reiser I thought was good. Yeah, tribute to aliens. Sean, Sean Aston was really good. And we went through the whole of the, whole of the first few episodes with my wife going, he's got to be the bad guy. They wouldn't bring a, a big name actor in unless he was going to be the bad guy. But, you know, obviously he was I was expecting that too, to be honest. Yeah. I, I like the, the other kid that they brought in. Max and, and her brother. I thought they were good characters. Yep. Aussie. Yeah. Oh, is he? Mm. Or her? Him. Hmm. Yeah, he was really good. I, I did like him, even though you're not meant to. But, yeah, for me, it didn't really live up to the hype. Oh, it did what it had to do. It was never going to. They escalated as much as they can without – they can't catch lightning in a bottle twice when you no. know what it's all about. So <laughs> I think they did what they could. And especially, who knows how long it took them to write Stranger Things 1. It might have taken them two, three years. Yeah, exactly. And Where then, they've okay. gone out, they've got this instant success, quick, we need it by next Halloween. Hmm. So, oh, shit. And they may have had it in the back of their head where they were going to go. I don't know, but, you know, they sort of had to tune it out a lot quicker. Yeah. It's like it's like second albums are bands. You know, if they've been touring and playing in pubs for five, six years, they've got material for that long, and they bring out a cork of a first album. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we want another album next year. It's like. You yeah. know, generally that second album is pretty ordinary because it's it's turned out pretty quick. So mm. I look at it like that, that for me. So it gets a pass. It was fine. Hmm. Okay. Well, another season of a show that came out, and I think this was season three this year, was Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. And again, they kind of fell into that trap where at first 
the episode wasn't that great because they had a lot of hype to live up to. Mm. But then a few you, episodes into the season. Get, you don't get swifty? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I was never a big fan of the, the Szechuan sauce from McDonald's, so it, that episode didn't really do a lot for me. But when they got to the episode Pickle Rick, <laughs> it just won me over as being the best season of Rick and Morty ever. Because the concept of Rick deciding that he could turn himself into a pickle just to get out of going to family counselling. Yeah. And then taking over the body of a cockroach and using its memory and its muscles to have limbs and then killing rats and having a, a rat mech suit. And it's just a phenomenal episode. It's Yeah, it's ridiculously clever. No, we've we've talked a lot about Rick and Morty in the past, so I probably don't need to go too much in depth over yep. what Rick and Morty is and why Rick and Morty is so great. Just, just do it. But watching this season as well, there were so many little nods to, to Dan Harmon. Yep. There was a reference to a mannequin leg in one episode <laughs> yes. and just little things that if you listen to the Harmon Town podcast. Yeah, 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 it takes another – the show which has many levels anyway, it adds another level yeah, to the little, show. Yeah, little Easter eggs. Yep. But one more TV show before we move on mm-hmm. that we both watched and that was Glow. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah. And this was something that they mentioned earlier in the year that it was coming. Yep. And when it dropped, it was Netflix, so it dropped all episodes in one hit. Mm -hmm. And again, it just sort of kind of came out of nowhere and caused a huge buzz. Yep. So Now, we knew about it. Obviously, we're wrestling fans. So we knew about it for that. Alison Bray was in it, so I was a big fan of that. Yeah. And Mark Marin was in it. So you're a big fan of that. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that got us intrigued early. You listen to a podcast where two of the girls from that regularly was Yeah, so two of the people on it are actually improv comedians from Las Vegas. Vegas. Yep. And one of the podcasts I listen to, Ice Cream Social, they are very good friends with the two girls. So you were aware of their so, element. Yeah, they, so, so they were talking we, about We the were definitely around this mm. before it came out. And we were so so we were excited when it came out. But when it did come out, and it did get, not Stranger Things buzz, but it did get big buzz. Mm. And a different sort of audience too. Because Stranger Things is, you know, a specific sort of people who will watch it. Glow will grab another element of that audience. Hmm. Well, um, it was show run by the two people that do Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. I can't think of their names off the top of my head. Yeah. But it did have that extra buzz based on the yep. fact that they were involved. And I think that brought in more of a female audience. Well, it is well, the most female show I watch. Probably. Yeah. There's only, what, two male characters Pretty in the much. whole season? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's about – there was a show called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which was a – TV show about a wrestling show, which was like your WWE Raw or any of those sort of shows, but it was a bit more gimmicky. The women did raps and dances. You didn't really get a backstagey sort of. It was very like a wrestling show. Yeah, I mean, all the characters were over the top and silly, and wrestling wasn't very good. Well, a lot of the characters that were in it weren't wrestlers. No, they just did and a that's casting what this, call. That's what this show's about. So none of the characters are named after the real characters, but they're kind of based on real characters. Yeah, and this is. The the formation of the show, Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And it was your main sort of star is Mark Maron, who's the director of yep. the show. He was the one pulling it together. And then there was the money guy behind it. And then you had Down on a Luck actress, played by Alison Bray, and she was pretty much the star of the show. And you're following her, who she thought it was an acting role, and she goes and audition it's for wrestling, but she's so down on her luck that she she sort of gets it, and she's not likable. That's no. the thing. She's a star, but she's actually not likable. And that's was fascinating. That it was a gritty sort of show. Like, it's a comedy. It's funny, but it's not a comedy. But same as Orange and the New Black, I assume I haven't watched it, but yeah. I think that's got... I, I think it's a drama with comedy. Yeah. Hmm. And it's about all these different 
different women from different places who have come together for different reasons and become wrestlers and how they bond or how they grow as characters. And the wrestling element is sort of for us was funny because there was some wrestlers turned up in the show as trainers at some points. I know who that guy is. Hmm. And it just worked really well. And I, I got into it. It was yeah, it was good. I'll, I'll say it was good. Hmm. I really I look enjoyed forward it. to Glow Two hmm. or Season Two, whatever they're calling it. Yeah, and there is a Doco on Netflix as well, which is about the original Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it's a good combination. You sort of watch that, and you watch this, and you go, "Oh yeah, I see who that character's based on," and this hmm. and that, and there's a reunion for this, like in the in the show. So it was talking about the formation of the Glow, and there's one of the wrestlers from Glow actually became a big star in the WWE, Ivory. And she sort of pulled the girls back together for a reunion. And that's what this doco sort of is. And you know, it's coming together. And yeah, it's quite good to see. Yeah. It's a great companion to Glow. Hmm. Check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's television. Television. How long have we got? We've gone now. Why don't we make this a two-parter? I, was I think we, say that. We're, we've gone long enough. You don't need to sit around and listen to us. I mean, you can you can pause it, obviously, and come back later. But a lot of people get scared by long, long podcasts. So we're going to stop here. Yeah. And we're going to come back in a couple of days with continuation of our recap because it's serves us right for not talking about it during the year. So so how about we cut it off here. We'll come back with, I suppose it'll be episode 87. And we'll be back. And we will cover what we liked in movies and other stuff. Other stuff. All right. So thanks for listening. We'll come back to you in a couple of days. All righty. Bye. I keep my hands on myself.